I spent the majority of my life uh, growing up in a trailer park. I didn't belong. I didn't like. I didn't fit in with with my environment. So you know, we didn't have money, and so I would wear hand-me-down clothes at school. My auntie would always tell me about my uncle. He was the most fit man at his school, and he went from the skinny little kid to this jacked kid. And he was like, he's like, at your age, like that's what your uncle did. And like that story gave me hope that I could do it too. I started playing football in high school, and I like loved football. But in high school, I got injured, so I just got a job as a bartender because I'm like, bartending will allow me to travel the world, and one day my goal is to travel the world, so I'll start bartending so that I can travel the world and explore. And so, I, 21 years old, I moved out to Kelowna. I tried out for the Okanagan sign. I was a walk-on. I didn't even know if I was going to make the team. Tried out for the Okanagan. I was 20 actually. Tried out for the Okanagan sign. Made the team. Moved out to Kelowna, and I played for the Okanagan sign for a season. Two weeks before my Okanagan Sun uh, uh, season started where I would have been like, that's the, that was the game that I would have played, I pulled my back. So I'm sitting there watching a bodybuilding motivation video in my apartment and it like clicked. I was like, why don't you do a fitness competition? And after my first fitness competition, I, like, I realized I was like, holy shit, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so after I did my fitness competition that year, I didn't have anything else that I was moving towards. So I started drinking and I started partying and I started doing drugs. And um, I would work my ass off during the week, work on my fitness goals, Friday would come, drugs, drinking. I did this for 12 weeks leading up into my second fitness competition, which was in Australia. I was partying so hard leading up to Australia that I almost took cocaine on the plane when I went to Australia. And I remember being in the security lineup, highs with cocaine in my shoe, Long story short, I ended up stepping on stage. Um, there was 50 athletes. I, was, I placed 49th, and as a result, I just started partying every single day. When I came back from Australia, it was party every single day and work out while I was high. Like I used to go to the gym like while I was high and work out. Um, and it wasn't until I got fired from my last job, called my girlfriend who was also an addict, told her I got fired again, and she literally said to me, she was like, dude, like, you're f***ed up, you need to make a change. And I remember being like, I'm f***ed up, like, you're just as bad as I am. Like, what are you talking about? And that made me realize, I'm like, okay, like, I need to make, like, a radical shift. And uh, this is a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. I walked in to my grandma's trailer. She was sitting on the chair, looking at me. It was three o'clock in the morning. I just got fired, I was high as hell. And I just burst into tears. And I remember in that moment, I was like, How did I let it get to this point? Number one, and number two, I don't know how this woman still loves me. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, how does she still love me? She still sees something good in me. And that was the moment I knew, I was like, I'm going to turn this around. And I didn't know what that looked like, but just like when I was younger and I got sick and tired of being overweight, I was like, I need to make a shift. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but so I started looking around the city for jobs. I knew I couldn't get a job in the restaurant because I was an addict, so I needed to cut myself off from anything that I could get access to drugs, including restaurants. So I uh, found a summer camp that I tried to get a job as a laborer at, and I was like, maybe if I can go away to summer camp, become a laborer, they'll like, then I can just get sober and just like, I can just like be away from everybody that knows me. They didn't have any laborer positions when I called. They're like, we don't have any labor positions, but we have a cleaner position. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. I don't want to be a cleaner. And I like hung up. I went to sleep for 24 hours, 
Um, none of my friends called that I used to party with. I was just laying in my grandma's trailer on the bed, fast asleep. I'd get up to make oatmeal and go back to bed. Get up, make food, go back to bed. And I realized like 24 hours later, I was like, I don't have any other alternatives. <laughs> so I called the summer camp back and I was like, I'll take the cleaning job. I literally got there the first day and I realized that I like I'd just been a nightclub manager a week ago and now I'm a cleaner scrubbing shitty toilets. It was like that. And I remember the first day I got to that summer camp and I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to force myself to go for a run. I'd been like off of cocaine for a week straight, which had been the longest I'd been in six months. And I was like, I'm gonna make myself go for a run. And so I remember going for a run and the first 100 meters that I ran killed me. I literally got 100 meters, like 120th of the track. And uh, I almost collapsed and I like almost like, like had a heart attack. And I remember, I was like, oh my God, this is bad. I was like, I'm not leaving this lake without finishing the lap. So the lake was 1.4 kilometers in total. So I ended up jogging or like trying to jog for 100 meters and then almost collapsing. And then I was like, I'm making myself walk the other. So I made myself walk the other. And I was like, tomorrow I'm gonna run 200 meters. So the next day I pushed myself to run 200 meters. And then I walked the rest of the way. And then I said, tomorrow I'm gonna run half the lake. The next day I actually ran the whole lake. It took me 15 minutes, but I ran the whole lake. And I was like, okay, I'm like I can get better. So I was like, I'm gonna, my goal, my first goal is to run a lap of the lake in under five minutes. Get a lap of the lake in under five minutes. Once I hit that, I was like, okay, I wanna do two laps of the lake in under 10 minutes. It took me another week, but I hit that. I was like, okay, my goal by the end of the summer is to be able to do five laps around the lake for five minutes each, totaling 25 minutes. So I ended up being able to do five laps around the lake in under 25 minutes, like six weeks into the summer. And um, that was what changed my life. And I remember after every single run, which I never missed a run, I never missed a day. Seven days of the week, I always ran. And even if it was like a recovery day, like Saturday or Sunday, I was like walking around the lake, like I was on. Um, and I remember after each run around the lake, I would sit down on my computer and I would have this Microsoft Word document. And on the Microsoft Word document, I would have all of my dreams talking about hope now you know all of my dreams and I wrote down that I would be a multi-millionaire I wrote down that I would be a professional fitness model I wrote down that I would have a massive online coaching business that I've had thousands of clients that I would be impacting millions of people um, my life was in shambles at the time and so writing down a vision gave me hope that better times were coming and this hope kept me motivated this hope kept me working hard this hope kept me pushing forward because um, I was still an addict like if you looked around in my life, I was still an addict and then every day I would go back to my computer screen and I'd be saying to myself like I'm going to be a multi-millionaire, I'm going to be a professional fitness model, like I'm going to be doing everything that I've ever wanted. I'm a leader and I was saying these things to myself, by myself, deluding myself into believing that my goals were going to become a reality because it was the only thing that I could, it was the only way I could live because I didn't have any other alternatives. It was either this or it could be a complete and total loser for the rest of my life. And I was like, I'm not doing that, so I'm gonna do this. After that summer, I came home and I was like, I'm going for my professional fitness model status. And I learned my lesson from the Australia show because in the Australia show, I told everyone that I wanted to be successful. You remember that? This show, I didn't tell a single person. 
I didn't claim that I was going to be a champion. I didn't brag about it on social media. I literally set the goal of winning the show and I shut my mouth and I wrote it down for myself as a goal. That was my intention. That was my like purpose. And then I just got to work. I just grinded. I didn't miss a meal. I didn't miss my workouts. I didn't miss my cardio. I was all the way in. I was doing whatever it takes because I had something to prove now. I had a chip on my shoulder. I had people that were doubting me. I had people that were like, that were that, that, that were thinking that I was gonna fall flat on my face again and I had to prove all of them wrong and I had to prove myself right and so I had this like this un, unrelenting um, you know uh, just un, I was unwilling to bow like I was unwilling to to compromise I was like this is the only option like I'm going to I'm going to place top three of this show it's trained for six months in that six month time period I uh, I ended up going all in I placed second after that show placing second I had never hired a coach up until that point, but I realized if I went all in and I didn't get what I wanted, I need to learn more information. So I hired my first coach, who was the best at making pros at the time. And my next fitness competition is when I won first place in overall. Um, and uh, that was a good feeling. That taught me that like winning, that taught me how to win. And that set me up to start my online coaching business. And my online coaching business is what led to this. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram, at the real Brian Mark, and DM me the words, more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business. And I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram, at the real Brian Mark, and DM me the words, more clients, and I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. And the truth is when I was competing and when I was entering these shows, I was entering these shows under the belief that when I won my competition, everything was gonna unfold for me. Sponsors were gonna come, clients were gonna come, people were gonna sign up, like I had the physique now, I had the pro card, I had everything on paper that would have deemed me as successful. So at that point, my business should have grown rapidly, but nothing happened. I remember the day after I won my pro card, literally waking up, and feeling the exact same that I did the day before, and I just felt completely empty. Everything that I'd worked so hard for for like the last three, four years, I literally dedicated my life to it, felt completely and utterly empty. Super weird feeling, and you know, at the time, uh, I was dating a girl, and uh, we had plans to move to Australia together, but I also had an online coaching business that my goal was to grow this online coaching business, Aesthetic Nation, like I wanted to take this thing to the next level, and I wanted to grow it, but me and this girl had plans to move to Australia and my business was in Canada and so I was torn. I'm like, do I go to Australia with this girl that I'm dating that I'm like, suppose, like I, I think that I love her or do I stay in Canada and build Aesthetic Nation? So I remember sitting with this decision for about a week or two after my competition and obviously I was coming off my show at post-show blues, I was overeating, I was you know, kind of like lost. And I remember laying in bed one night and realizing that I didn't want to go to Australia. It was October, we were scheduled to go to Australia in December, and we were scheduled to move there permanently. And I remember in October realizing that I no longer wanted to go to Australia, and I was like, yo, I don't want to go to Australia, and, and I just need to tell her. So I, I, I was laying in bed one night, and, and so I just rolled over, and I was like, Brittany, like, I don't want to go to Australia. And she's like, what? And I was like, I just don't see a future for myself there. Like, 
her family's in Australia. I'm like, I know that your family's there. I'm like, mine's in Canada. My business is in Canada and I just don't see myself moving to Australia. So I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. And I remember she like burst into tears and I like literally watched her heartbreak because we'd been planning this for like a year and a half. And I was actually the one that encouraged her to go to Australia because her family was out there. And, um, that was really the beginning of the end of our relationship, but I didn't really know it at the time. We lived together for the next month. Uh, she was packing and getting all of her stuff ready for Australia. I was bartending and part-time online coaching, kind of like lost. Um, she ended up leaving for Australia in December. It was super hard dropping her off at the airport and realizing that like, like I'm not gonna see you for a long time. And uh, we did long distance for like the next three months. And um, once she left, I decided to move into a different place because I couldn't be in the same place that I would like live with Brittany. Like it was like breaking my heart. I was just trying to figure out my life. I didn't really know. I was trying to get this online coaching thing going, and and I and I and I and I was trying to like build this, and I and I. But I was also like trying to be in this long distance relationship, and slowly over time, like we just started growing apart, growing apart. And it was in March of the next year, you know, we were like on the rocks, and I, I could feel that we were on the rocks. And so I, I, I impulsively bought a flight to Australia and I bought a one-way ticket to Australia um, because I wanted to surprise her. So I called her and I was like, yo, uh, I have a surprise for you. She's like, what's up? I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming to Australia. She's like, what? I was like, I'm coming to Australia. She's like, I don't want you to come to Australia. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I, I came here for three months without you. I already built life and now you're just gonna come? I'm like, yeah, I wanna be with you. She's like, it's like too late. She's like, in fact, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm done. And uh, she hung up the phone. And that was literally the last time we talked. And uh, I remember like, just like bursting into tears. I'm like working at this bar with this half-ass online coaching business, like two or three clients, barely. But, you know, I want to go see this girl. And I was so heartbroken. So I was like, I, I had a decision to make. I'm like, I was trying to call her, trying to text her. She wasn't answering. So I was like, I can either, you know, not go to Australia at all and lose the money that I invested because I bought a non-refundable flight ticket because I'm like, I don't need a cancellation. Like, I'm going to see the love of my life. Why the fuck would I need a cancellation? So I had this non-refundable $2,000 flight. I could go to Australia and try to fight for Brittany or I could just not go. And I was like, I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to fight for her. So a couple months later, my flight takes off. On that trip to Australia, I was like, I'm going to like win this woman back. And I was like, somehow. I was by myself. I didn't really have a lot to do. When I got to the Australia airport, I texted her or I emailed her because we had each other blocked on social media at the time. And I told her that I was in Australia expecting a reply. She didn't reply. So now I'm in Australia by myself. I don't know anyone. Um, and so I started just like trying to like experience life because I'm like, I don't know anyone. And like, I want to kind of make myself happy so that when I see Brittany, everything will be okay. So I went skydiving for the first time when I was in Australia. That was super fun. I met up with one of my friends who lived in the Gold Coast and I stayed with her for a week. And we just went out to the club. We went, like, went out dancing, drinking, whatever. And um, around like the first, like it was like the first three days in Australia, I realized that I wasn't gonna see Brittany when I was there. And I wasn't gonna like rekindle that relationship. And uh, on the day that I realized that, I was like in distraught. So I had saved up about $3,000 for that trip. And there was one night I went out with my friend, Christina Corpan. And Christina, for some reason you end up seeing this, that would be hilarious. But we ended up going out and uh, uh, we went out to the bar, got super drunk. And then I was so fucking heartbroken that I just stayed out all night partying. I was like, I need to get, get this out of my system. And me and Christina got super drunk and I was like, I'm staying in Australia and I'm gonna live with you and it's gonna be awesome. Even though I had a flight booked for Bali for the next morning. 
So last night, night, last night in Australia, I'm like partying with Christina. I'm like, I'm canceling my flight to Bali. I'm going to stay in Australia. I'm going to live with you. That night, I ended up going out to the casino. And because I decided we were gonna, I was going to stay in Australia, I literally spent $2,000 on roulette. And I was like trying to win money. I had 3,000 in my bank. I took out two grand and I was playing roulette with it. And I was like, I'm going to win 10. Lost all of it. So around 3.30 in the morning, I've been like 800, 700 bucks left in my bank. I'm on the other side of the world. I have a flight to Bali at six o'clock in the morning. I end up taking a cab back to Christina Corpan's place and I get there at 3.30 in the morning and we had just talked about how I was gonna stay in Australia. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she's like, what the fuck are you still doing here? And I was like, what the fuck am I still doing here? She's like, pack your sh and fucking go to Bali. She's like, this is crazy. She's like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, you need to go to Bali. Like you said you were going to, get the fuck out of here, go to Bali. Uh, and we realized that we had made a drunk, stupid commitment. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. So I literally, it's four o'clock in the morning, packed all my fucking shit that was still half cut, took a cab to the airport, got on a flight to Bali, and I was still fucking drunk on that plane to Bali. I get to Bali, I end up in this like random airport. I was still kind of cut. I took a cab to my new place and I went to sleep. I've never been to a third world country in my life before. Woke up the next day in this like super hot, like almost like musky room. And I almost like forgot that I was in Bali. And I was like by myself. What the fuck? I'm like, where the fuck am I? So I like put my shoes on and I just went for a walk. And I remember the first time ever going for a walk in Bali and it was like, like it was yesterday. Cause so I like walked up this like alleyway and the streets, like the cement was like uneven broken cement. There was like giant potholes in the side of the road. I saw a rooster like run across the street. I looked across the street and there was like a dog with like half of its fur missing. I like walked past a market where they were chopping chickens heads off in front of people. And I was like, what the fuck am I like? Like, where am I? Like, what the fuck is happening? And I like walked back to my house and I was like, I don't know where the fuck I'm, where I am or what I'm doing. And so I like asked the person that like lived there. I'm like, can I like, can, can I get like transportation? They're like, do you want to rent a scooter? And I was like, sure. I'd never drove in a scooter. And in Bali, I've never driven a scooter. I'm like, can I rent a scooter? They're like, sure. And they're like, $15. And I like, pay him and he just gives me the keys. He's like, have fun. I'm like, no driving lessons. <laughs> like, literally just gives me a scooter. I'm like, okay. So I take the scooter out and I, uh, I decided to go to the bank machine. I looked at my bank account and I realized that I had like $630. And I had three weeks in Bali and I had no food. And I'm in a third world country. I have no fucking idea who anybody is around me. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, what did I do? And then just like guilt, shame. I'm like, you dumbass. You spent all your money at the casino. I'm like, you're such a fucking idiot. Not only that, like, guys, I don't have a family I can call for money. Like, my whole family struggles for money. So I'm sitting here in this third world country with $600, $500 in my bank, no fucking money. My family isn't going to bail me out. I'm like, like, holy sh. So it took me a couple days to really sit with like how fucking wild my situation was. I had to go out and I had to buy food. I had to eat. So what I did is I bought food in bulk and I was like just cooking in bulk. First thought was I'm gonna make the $500 last three weeks. After the first week, I'd spent $150 and I was like, I'm f***ed. So then the second thought, I'm like, okay, I have online coaching. So like, I'm gonna to commit to online coaching. So I launched something called the Soft to Shredded Six Week Challenge. I charged $500 for it. I had a $500 transformation package. If you win, you want a $500 transformation package. So I launched that. I ended up selling 10 people in total I made $5,000 in Bali and that made me realize 
if I can make $5,000 in Bali, I'm like, I definitely can make $5,000 when I'm back in Canada. So I made five grand, survived the trip, thank God. And when I flew home, I realized, I'm like, I can't work for anybody else anymore. So went up to my bar and I literally looked at him. I'm like, dude, I love you so much. And I love working for you. I'm like, but I hate it here. I'm no longer passionate about bartending. So I'm like, I'm quit and I'm like, never hire me again because even if I come back begging for a job, I'm gonna be a shitty employee because I don't like working here. So I basically went in and threw a bunch of gasoline on the bridge, set it the fuck on fire, and I was like, now online coaching has to work. Not only that though, but I'm gonna be honest. Because I went to Australia and I didn't get to see Brittany, it made me like vengeful. It almost made me like, well, if this girl, like, if I, if I am gonna lose this girl over aesthetic nation, I'm like, I'm gonna show her that she made a mistake. I literally thought that. I was like, I'm gonna prove her wrong. And I had this like chip on my shoulder. So when I came back, not only did I wanna quit my job, but I was also like fucking hungry to prove her wrong. I was like, I'm gonna show you that you just made the biggest mistake of your entire life. And I just went all in. And when I say all in, when I came back, you guys, I was so meticulous. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm making $5,000 a month right now because I have this many clients that are paying me this much money. I'm like, if I wanna get to $6,000 a month, then I need to sign another three clients. So I literally was like, goal, sign three clients. I'm like, in order for me to sign three clients, how many calls do I need to book a week? I'm like, okay, I need to book six calls a week for me to sign three clients. I'm like, how do I book six calls a week? Well, I'm not like generating enough leads on my social media because I don't have enough followers. So I was like, so I need to get more followers. Well, how do I get more followers? And I just like, I was so meticulous with everything that I was doing because I was so committed to making this thing work and I was so like serious about proving people wrong that I was like just working because I just wanted to prove to this person that was no longer in my life that they made a big mistake. And so I just worked with this vengeance and my income just grew every month. It was like 5K, 7K, 9K. And uh, I ended up doing a fitness competition. It was WBFF Worlds. Um, It was my first ever fitness competition as a pro. But in that process, I learned a lot about flexible dieting and how to get lean with flexible dieting, which is what became my philosophy for my clients. So after my fitness competition, I started training competitors to step on stage, which is when I met Cole. Cole hired me as his fitness coach. I started training him how to pose, um, you know, how to diet, etc. Helped him prep for his first show. And in October of 2016, I was doing my finances because I did my finances every single month. And I like looked and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I made $10,000 this month. I was like, what the f-? I'm like, I just made $10,000 in one month. It's like, holy. Literally called my boy Taylor. I'm like, yo, we're getting up. <laughs> like, called, called Taylor, went to the bar, and I got everybody blasted. I was buying shots all night. I was so excited. I was like, yes. I'm like, we did it. Uh, and that was the start of it, man. Like, that was the start of Aesthetic Nation. Cole and I started working together really closely. I helped him win uh, first place in overall at his first fitness competition. I was coaching competitors. I helped him win first place in overall at his second fitness competition. This is when he like asked me, he's like, bro, he's like, I love online training. I love what you're doing. I love that you're helping people. He's like, I wanna help you. I was like, honestly, like I don't have a position for you. I'm like, but if you win your next show and you get certified, I'll hire you. So I didn't think he was gonna do it. Wins his next show and gets certified, comes to me, he's like, I want a job. (laughs) <laughs> I guess I better figure it out. And guys, like when I was building Aesthetic Nation, like I was honestly doing it off of instinct. Like I, I had this vision, which I created in the summer camp. I told you guys about it. I had this vision of where I wanted my life to go. And, and I was just going off of instinct. Like the next moves that I was making were just instinctual. Like I just like, I knew that this was the next person to hire. I knew that this was the next move to make. And I just like kept following my instincts. 
Um, and my instincts led me to hire Cole, my instincts led me to hire a couple of my friends, Taj and Josie, my instincts led me to hire everybody in my company. Um, and that business, Aesthetic Nation, I built that business to $54,000 a month. Not only were we making 54K a month though, like our clients loved us. And we, like Aesthetic Nation was such a powerhouse in Calgary that you either absolutely loved us and you thought we were like amazing and you thought we were like top tier and you thought we were like the best or you hated us because we were so loud, we were so obnoxious, we were in everyone's face, we were on everyone's news feeds, but either way, everyone knew who we were and, and it was such a cool feeling. It was just everything to me. Aesthetic Nation was everything to me. And, uh, and I, I honestly thought I was gonna be building Aesthetic Nation for the rest of my life, I really did. And um, let's enter the next heartbreak, which I feel like heartbreaks are what build businesses, I think. I don't know about you guys, but heartbreaks is what did it for me. So. Um, building Aesthetic Nation, Aesthetic Nation's at $54,000 a month and, uh, and I'm dating this girl and uh, she was a trainer on my team and we ended up breaking up. And she was very involved in the business. She was doing our accounting and she was a trainer on the team and she was in the community and so when we broke up, like as the CEO of the business, I'm like, I don't wanna see you every day, like this is too hard for me. So um, I, we ended up separating, she did her own thing, I had the business, but I fucking resented working on Aesthetic Nation now, something that I had spent my whole life building because like every time I worked in it, I thought of her because we had been spending so much time building it together. Um, so now it's 2018 and I'm like, okay, I just spent the last four years building this online fitness business that I'm resenting. I've got like five trainers on my team. I've got 50 of my own fitness clients. I don't even like working with them anymore because I'm like so full of resentment for the business. So I'm like, I had, I had no idea what to do. And I remember there was one day in particular where I, uh, I had 50 fitness clients, uh, five to six trainers that were counting on me to like help them with their fitness clients. And I was dealing with the breakup and I looked at my phone and I literally had a panic attack. It was the first time I've ever had a panic attack. I felt like my heartbeat racing through my chest. I, I couldn't look at my phone without getting anxiety. And I, I literally had to log off of everything for seven days. I told my clients, I'm like, I can't talk to you. Like I literally have like, I'm like mentally unwell. And in that moment, I realized, I'm like, I need to do something different. Like, I don't know what it is, but I like need to do something different because not only did I no longer really want a fitness coach, but there was also like a lot of like resentment because I mentored a total of seven, eight trainers and four of them ended up leaving and doing their own thing. And so I kept mentoring trainers how to build a business and they take that information and they go start their own business. So I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this for free? I'm helping them make money and then they're taking it, becoming my direct competition. And then there was a switch in my head that was like, if I'm gonna teach you how to make money online, how to coach people, how to achieve financial freedom, like I'm gonna make people pay for it because too many people were taking advantage of me and I was like, I'm not gonna have it anymore. I'm like, I'm done. So what I decided to do, set the bridge on fire again. I called all my fitness clients one at a time. I'm like, hey, I'm no longer fitness coaching. I can love you. There's five trainers on the team. I'm gonna pair you with the best one. And I fired every single one of my fitness coaching clients. Bam, 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 bam. All at once, incinerated, burned to the ground. <clears throat> and I did that because I had a vision. And this vision was new. And I said to myself, I'm not gonna train fitness coaching clients anymore. I'm gonna train the trainers that train the fitness coaching clients. Called Cole. I was like, yo, I need you to run Aesthetic Nation and I'm gonna start building PT Domination. He's like, what's that? Like, that's the new business that we're gonna that we're gonna own. So we ended up, me, Cole, and one other guy ended up pitching for a mentor that cost us $15,000. And I didn't have a lot of money at the time because you gotta remember, even though my business was making 54K a month, like I just fired all my fitness clients. 
So the 80% profit that I was getting from those, now I was getting 20% profit because I gave all the clients to my trainers and I went all in with the intention of building a business that could serve personal trainers because I didn't know what that was gonna look like. Um, I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I knew that I had the knowledge to coach personal trainers because I had done it so many times. So I hired a mentor, his name Scott Olford, to teach me how to package the knowledge that I had. I launched a program called the Eight Weeks to Freedom and intro Kirsten Mark, my wife now. So I had met Kirsten at a rave and she was a personal trainer working at a gym in Kelowna. And she told me that she was making no money, that she was struggling. I told her that I was, an, I was an online trainer. And we had briefly talked at this rave about how I was online training. And so when I launched my new business coaching program, I was like, yo, do you want me to train you how to be an online trainer? She's like, hell yes, I do. So I was like, let's get on a call. I got on a call with Kirsten and I ran her through this new phone script that I had just acquired from my mentor. And uh, my program was actually $5,000, but I couldn't justify charging 5K at the time because I didn't know that it was gonna work. And so I called Kirsten, I told her, I'm like, listen, you're gonna be one of my first clients, and so I'm gonna give you the program for $1,500. And uh, she was like, I don't know, she was on a camping trip, she's like, I don't know, I'm probably gonna wait. I'm like, I'm like, you're not gonna fucking wait. I'm like, you're either gonna do it now or you're not gonna do it. It's so like, is it a yes or no? She's like, okay, I'm in. So she grabbed her credit card, she paid, and Kirsten became my first client, which is really cool. She's married to me now, which is hilarious. So first client, and then I sniped her. That was the start of peach domination, was that. Kirsten and I were working together, but she wasn't seeing a lot of attraction, and at the time, me and my friend had a trip to Bali planned together, and so it was September of 2018 at this point. Uh, a few months after I fired my fitness clients, I was still running Asset Ignition, I was building PT Domination on the side, so this is my, this would have been my third trip to Bali, so planning my third trip to Bali, and I told Kirsten as a joke, I'm like, you should come to Bali with me. Because she like, this is what happened. We were on a coaching call. She told me that she fell and tripped and smashed her tooth. She had to get dental work done. And um, guys, that's the end of that. Uh, in the next video, I'm gonna talk to you guys about how Kirsten and I became best friends, and then how Kirsten and I became lovers, and then how Kirsten and I became married, and how I built PT domination from one client to over 1,500 clients and changing the world. Peace.